What up, guys? Welcome back to the No Easy Buckets podcast. Been a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a gap here, but it was kind of a slow playoff season. But uh, it's Jacob back with your ho- your host Jacob. Uh, Walker's not joining me this time. It's actually my friend Blake Blake Thornton. He's uh, he's hopping on this time because you know you got to go to the experts during Expert. during off season. You got to go to the experts, experts. during off season. So like you know he's a uh, he's worked in the NBA for thirty plus years. Thirty. You know, multiple, multiple front teams. offices. <laughs> multiple front offices. Did a little stint in the WNBA. You know, really helped them get off the ground, to be honest. Yeah. But um, but here he is. Here he is, Blake Thornton. We're coming up. You know, the finals ended like, what is it? Today's Thursday, uh, a couple days ago. Um, actually, they had the they had the uh, parade, parade this morning. Yeah, I was going to I was gonna talk to you about that. Man, it was depressing this morning. I was going, I was jumping on the transit, the little train transit to go to work with my little 25-minute ride every morning. And I'm like, why is it so busy? And then I see everybody in their Golden State gear, and I was like, Shh, man, they're all happy. Yeah. And I'm over here like going to work and like don't even care that the Warriors won. So Probably it was the, a, the one, yeah. the handful of of people in the Bay that weren't happy that they won. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I actually I forgot the uh, parade was this morning. We had talked about it at work. I was gonna wear uh, a Grizzlies jersey and go out there. Man, and just just get people's turn people's heads. I have an Allen Iverson Grizzlies jersey, and I was just gonna, you know, rep that pretty hard out there. But you know, I'll let them do their thing because uh, the real teams are in the off season preparing right now. So you let them have their party, let them drink their booze. We'll get back to work here at Nosy Buckets. So, uh, but yeah, it was a, it was an eventful morning. Um, you know it. it it was a good finals. I, I mean, I know me and you both. We appreciate basketball Absolutely. to the point, right? To the point where it doesn't really matter if it's uh, you know a couple blowouts here and there. Like it was good basketball to watch. I mean, I think was, I just it, thought the energy was. I mean, the energy that they were feeding back and forth. It was. It was a. I think one of the the better finals in the past three years, just from a, uh, a, a offensive perspective. That's a good point because I mean. People keep crying out that, uh, oh my gosh, there's so many blowouts. It's so like it's not fair. It's not fair. But I mean, we just saw five amazing offensive games, and that's what I mean. That's what the game's about. Like, basically, it's become team offense and individual defense. So, just because you give up 125 points, you may have a guy who's an elite individual defender on your team, and that's what helps you win. Like a player like Kawhi Leonard. The Spurs aren't stopping anybody from scoring 100, but he may lock down your best player when it matters. So it doesn't really – stats can kind of play – like you can look at the box score and be like, oh, they were both in the hundreds. Like nobody's playing defense. But, yeah. you know, both of these teams had some individual defenders that really stood out, but the story was the offensive. I mean, it was fun to watch. Like I, I don't like the – not a big Warriors fan. Uh, don't like Draymond Green. But, I mean, it was it was amazing to watch. Like it was – it was butter. I just think that when you when you can have, you know, Kyrie, LeBron, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry all average 25, 30 plus points in the series. LeBron average a triple double. They yeah. they were saying that uh, he hadn't scored that many points, got that many rebounds, had that many assists in a five game span in his entire career. So I I mean I think that's pretty telling about yeah. the, the level of competition where we're at right now. Uh, yeah, it's, he, he, he absolutely showed out. 
Uh, maybe one of his best uh, individual seasons of his career. Uh, hey, there's sl- people slowing down. LeBron slowing down, man. He's slowing <laughs> no, down. I know, right? He's he's already back in the gym today with a newly shaved head. But oh, let's talk um, about that. God. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's I actually I actually like things like this because I do believe that it causes ma- like like people say that the Warriors are bad for the NBA. I think it's great for the NBA. Anytime you have a team that is head and shoulders this much better than a lot of other teams, you're going to see some crazy stuff happen. You're going to see some crazy trades. You're going to see some people throw some money at some people that they may not have otherwise. Like it, it, it does spurn off. Like, like it, it manifests parity in its own way. Like people, like I just don't foresee there being some sort of like more than two or three year dynasty out of this because something's going to happen. One of those guys is going to leave. Somebody else is gonna just rise up as a contender. Like it's too much talent in the league for this for it to happen. Like I'm excited. Like I'm just sitting here, can't wait for next season. Like get the draft here, get free agency here. Let's get the season previews going because I mean somebody's gonna come out there and hit them in the mouth. Like they're not going to walk to titles. Yeah, like, they're not. That's not gonna happen. Like as much as people want to think it is, like it's not gonna happen. I mean, if you think about it too, though, I mean, the Warriors, they had the best deal in the league. They had Steph Curry making $12 million, yeah. being, being the, what, a two-time MVP. Let's go, yeah. let's go to, the, to the finals three years in a row. I mean, stuff like that, it just, it's, it's kind of a one-off thing because I think that yeah. at some point, somebody's going to get their feelings hurt. Like, and, and I think with the Warriors, from the Warriors' perspective, it's going to be the Clay, Tom- like the Clay Thompsons of the world not getting the money they think they deserve, mm-hmm. you know? I see it. I see it happening. Well, I I think there's going to be uh, – it's too good to be true. I mean, they, they do have a good core. They all work together. They seem to be on the same page. But, you know, money changes people. That's the reason some guys left the heat when the LeBron, D-Wade, and Bosh were there. You know, Bosh wanted to, wanted to get the max. D-Wade felt a little bit kind of scorned because he kept taking less money for those guys. And then Miami still didn't want to sign it. Like stuff happens. Like people would have never thought D Wade was going to leave Miami after all the stuff he went through there, winning three championships. But it, it, like, stuff. Like we said, like we say it over and over again. Like stuff's going to happen. But like I said, there wasn't much to talk about after the finals. Like, like I said, great offensive performance, great individual scoring games. Uh, fun. It, wish it could have gone longer. It was rooting for the Cavs to bring it back. But I mean. You got to transition into the next part of the season, which is kind of what we uh, we wanted to chat about a little bit about the draft because uh, I think it's next Thursday, or yeah, twenty second. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's getting here. That's it's my favorite day of the year. Favorite like, day, it. man. Love, love it. it. Woj tweeting Woj bombs. Just, hey, God. speaking of speaking of Woj, man, he he's got some pretty crazy predictions, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a uh, he's a uh, he's doing he's he's got some stuff out there floating out there. Now I was listening to one of his podcasts today. Um, this will be his last year actually doing his own little thing with Yahoo. He's going to ESPN next year, but or right after the draft, I think. But money talks. Money, money talks. talks. Hey, you get the worldwide leader. Hey. Don't count him out. If if Woj goes to ESPN doing his own thing, you know, no one's safe. <laughs> no one's safe. <laughs> no one's safe. Yahoo's losing a giant. Man. But uh but yeah, we I mean I've been I'm a big draft guy. I've been a big draft guy, you know, you know, Blake, he he lists, he he follows it too. Like we're it's it's a it's a great I think it's just so interesting because it's the only type of like I mean when you look at pro sports, like it's 
like you're getting like when you go to apply for a job like you choose where you go to apply you may not get the job you want but you ultimately choose where you work so like these kids are like 18 19 20 years old for the most part like getting chosen to go to somewhere where they may never have been in their life i think it's unique i think it's because you you have players like lonzo ball who wants to play in la but may get drafted somewhere else may fall and and it's just exciting because you're like he's gonna have to go be open-minded to play in like some random city yeah. in, the, in the u.s and that's interesting like it it's one of the it's, it's just one of those cool things that you know that i like to look at you know kind of the underlying theme it's not just a you know it's not just a business like it's it's pretty pretty fun to follow these guys but it's so interesting man just because going to feed off that the lonzo ball comment you i mean you can choose who you want to work out for i guess yeah. in a sense but i mean yeah. if you let's just say you fall past one two like You've got to be open and, and ready to go suit up for that team in the offseason and, and, you know, be a true professional. And that's just going to be right. – I, I just think that it, this year in particular, it kind of brings in the more the more casual NBA fans just because of the LeBar balls of, of the world bringing all of what he brings to the NBA. <laughs> I think it's more of a spectacle this year than, than just the true draft. Oh, yeah. And, like, they can <laughs> – NBA talking heads can say how much they hate it all they want, but it makes money. It makes money for the yeah. brand. Makes it, they talk about it. They're talking about it. They're, you know, if they didn't like it so much, then stop talking about it. But you know, it's uh, that's one of those. We'll, we'll get we'll get more into that. But we, you know, we both were looking at. I know we got. I got a. I usually go by Draft Express mock draft. We got some some local guys we follow on. You know, Gary Parish on CBS. Got a couple different ones pulled up here. We just kind of wanted to chat through the lottery, may get into a little bit of the late first round, some chatter later in the draft. Like we'll, we'll have more of these, but just wanted to kind of, you know, see what we think is going to play out. Chat a little bit about the players that we know about and scenarios. Like if we think somebody's going to fall, if we think somebody can make a jump that, you know, or any kind of trades that might be out there that we've heard rumors on. So we'll jump into it a little bit here. Um, you know, the first pick, I think, honestly, barring some crazy trade, I mean, it's, it's Markel Fultz. He, you see him over – he's he's the number one on pretty much everybody's mock. Boston – I think uh, Boston's only working him – they're not working out very many other players. Like, unless they trade, I, I do think that Fultz is set in there. I mean, he's a – in baseball terms, he's a five-tool guy. Like, he really is all, like, around the board, like a pretty solid player. No, I, I agree with that completely. Just in the sense that he he's a he's a like you were saying a five tool guy he's he's gonna get you uh, the leadership that that you need and that I think that um, I don't want to say that it is not a leader by any means but you know he's gonna he's gonna be able to come in and and play right off the bat you know what I'm saying you 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 know what you're getting with folds right right it's a unique situation with them being like a one seed and getting the number one pick and i do think that that gives them leeway to uh i mean isaiah is a it was a, it was a fun ride in boston i do think that if you pay that guy max money and you have him as your top two or three paid player on your team you're not going to be a you're not going to reach your your greatest level of competitiveness like i just don't think so because he's not He's a he's a great individual player, but he's not going to help you win a championship, in my opinion. So unless he, in a role where he's a top guy, yeah, when he's not just a complimentary player. So I do think that this gives him flexibility to look into trade options, which they are fond of doing. Um, 
you know, hey, no one's safe from Boston. I mean, no Dan, no Danny one. Ainge. Somebody will pay. Somebody wants to pay it that money. So he'll find somebody, even if you let him play out the rest of the year, and uh, you know, kind of slowly get faults into the game. I mean, there's no rush there. There's, the, I mean, they've got a good core. They've got more picks in this draft. They've got a lottery pick probably next year with Brooklyn swap. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I don't see any kind of crazy stuff going on at number one. Like we said, barring a trade, that's the only thing. And I don't, I just don't think that you're going to get at a certain point. You got to take the best player. You can't just keep hoarding assets. I think Fultz is somebody that's going to be on your team for the next ten, eight to ten years. So, yeah. so take that guy. Count your blessings. You know. Listen, listen to the phone lines as they as they go two through sixty. After that, so see what happens. But after that, it gets a little crazy after one pick, in my opinion. Because nuts, nuts, nuts. Like this is my this is my this is my stuff. Like, I mean, everybody's slotting Lonzo in it too. I actually love Lonzo. I love Lonzo. I love. I don't. Man, oh, I'm gonna. I gotta cut you off, Lonzo. Man, go ahead. Hey, of 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 all the people in the draft, I think charismatic like he he's uh-huh. he, he brings the charisma to the nba draft right now like yeah. i think out of all the prospects you got he's he's definitely the one to watch i'm like i was saying earlier the casual fan tuning in to see where he's gonna go draft night but but i'm, I'm bold prediction jacob doesn't go number two doesn't go number two i'm calling no it. exact no I, I see. I I actually agree with that. I don't think that there's any type of like specific person they're picking over him or somebody who's picking there picking over him. I think it's just like the smartest play. If I I, mean, I know L.A. kind of lines up with him, but I think the smartest play for L.A. here is to to try to bait a team into trading that. Hundred percent. They don't need like Lonzo. They could reach for Jackson or Tatum or Fox, but I don't really like like any of those individual play. I think. My favorite trade for the Lakers, and I do think Magic is 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 a very smart, you know, kind of person to run this ship now. Yeah. They've got a new team in there. I really think that we might see the Kings bite. Ooh. Like I really I really think the the Kings having that five ten, the number five pick and the number ten pick, which the Sacramento Kings have those, those yeah. uh, double first round double lottery picks, that's gonna be a popular uh popular kind of get for teams like teams are going to want to get that double that those two picks for one of their top five picks so you so you think they trade down to i think either i think that's a possibility to the lakers i think that the they could either trade down with the kings or the suns at four and trade back to four you get uh you get the four you swap four and two with with phoenix and uh maybe dump a contract yeah the Lakers' whole play is in a year or two to be able to sign uh, Paul George or other free agents. Like you want to, you have a pretty decent young core, but you got to have money. And they have Luau Ding and Mozgov, and I think maybe one other contract on their books, like a kind of a mediocre veteran that they shouldn't have signed a couple yeah. of years ago. And if you can get Phoenix to take one of those contracts and it's really kind of just switch picks, I think you can still get a very solid player there. Man, at, uh, at four. I think that I think that uh, do you, could you see Magic pulling off the hey let's trade the two for Paul George straight up this year let's go you, you think hey, we're gonna you think we're gonna see anything crazy like that I think that might get the Pacers to buy it really might uh, I mean I think I think in my opinion 
it's it's a very attractive it's a very attractive lottery, and I think the Pacers could do it. I actually I didn't hadn't really thought of that, but I think that you know I would do it if I were them. I would, if I were them I would trade Paul George. I mean I if you unless you just really think that you want to just play it out and try to give him the the most money of anybody on the market. I just think he's gone. I, he's seen that team max out their potential. So mentally, he's checked out. And you know, I, I mean, so. they're they're all the way down at what number eighteen. So yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. you could you could do a little, you could do a, a two for for Paul George swap. Maybe throw in some other players or future picks. But I think that will work. Like I think that's a possibility. And and I still think you see like a. A Josh Jackson or a De'Aaron Fox go here at two, like they've they've linked him to the Lakers, the point guard out of Kentucky. Uh, yeah, Fox. But I, I was gonna say I like that I like that pick only because uh, I think that he I mean he does have a, a pretty low three point shooting percentage, but uh, I think it was what twenty twenty four percent maybe this year. But he uh, um, yeah he was horrendous actually. But I mean I think you get what you get in De'Aaron Fox is. I mean, you saw it when UCLA played Kentucky. Um, uh, De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk, man, they fed off mm-hmm. of each other uh, at the at the one-two. I know they're both point guards, but I mean, they they really were getting pretty absolute. I mean, no, I mean, you just think about it. The big players come to play in the big games, and Lonzo Ball was pretty non-existent in that game. Wouldn't you agree? Right. No, I do. He doesn't. Uh, that's why I don't foresee him as your number one option. Like I don't think. I think Lonzo is a is going to be a solid off ball guy. Yeah. A lot of people think you know he's good. He's a good passer. He's uh, <laughs> good with the ball in his hands. But I do think that he can function off the ball where you're not focusing a defender on him. Yeah. But but um but yeah, I think Fox is that's a he outplayed him in those two games. He's really risen his stock. That's one of the reasons why like. I I don't necessarily love Fox. Yeah. I don't I don't like the fact I do think his jumper will improve. I do think that it will get better, but I do th- there's there's a little bit of that Derrick Rose in him, you know, where it's Ooh. like, oh, he's yeah. going to get that jump shot better. He's such a he's such a slasher, he's such an attacker, he can finish at the rim. You know, he plays uh, both ends and stuff, but it's like is he going to get the jump? Is the the jumper doesn't look broken, but is it ever going to really improve? And yeah. you know, I it's just hard for me to pass up like a wing, uh, like a Jackson or Jason Tatum there. But I mean, I think that you're going to see probably Fox or Ball go there yeah. at number two with whoever goes. And then when you have Philly at three, you know, I love what Philly's been doing the past couple of years. I'm a big fan of the process. Uh, I love it all. I want Ben Simmons to play point guard. Um, I actually, if 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 the the Kings don't move up to two. If Lonzo goes two, the Kings want Fox, in my opinion. That's Kings what they want. Fox. Yeah, Kings, Kings want, want Fox. Fox. So they want to guarantee that they get Fox. So I think that the Sixers are, are another team that might trade that for that 5-10 combo, and that's the best-case scenario for me because the best fit for the Sixers, and I know you need to, at this high in the draft, draft the best player. Don't always just draft like the exact thing that you need. That's how you end up getting a big guy that's a bust because, like, oh, we need a big guy. Anthony Bennett. Right, exactly. So I I do think that Malik Monk is a great fit for them. And if you can drop down five to ten, you can take take Monk at five. I think you can take Monk at five. He definitely will be there. He's projected to go eight right now uh, for Draft Express. And I do think that he is a player that can come in and play right away with the skill that he has. 
Now he's going to probably not be a starter uh, unless it just works out perfectly because of uh, defensive limitations and you know just adjusting to running a pro offense and stuff. But I do think he can thrive there. I don't. I'm not a fan of like Josh Jackson there just because Simmons is not much of a shooter. You've got you've got some players that are looking at the. You, I think you need to add a more of a pure shooter there for Philly. Yeah. Philly. I mean, yeah. I love uh, Embiid's going to be healthy. I think. I, I mean, I, I have faith that he'll be healthy. I wouldn't even hate Tatum there. I wouldn't even hate Tatum there because he's a little bit better of an outside scorer. But I don't. Man. I don't. Man, I think I just I I, I like Monk. I think he's a work in progress. Uh, yeah. Because uh, I think if you if you go talking about point guards, I do think that there are going to be a lot of point guards taken in the first 10, 12 picks. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that um, I actually think that Malik Monk is more of a, a, a raw talent. While the athleticism is, is there, I think that he's more raw than let's just go with De'Aaron Fox or Alonzo Ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think he can handle the ball too. I think he has the potential to be able to handle the ball. I mean, I know he did it in high school, and you know, I mean, when you have Fo- De'Aaron Fox playing point guard for you at Kentucky, there's no need. You know, you're an elite shooter, play off the ball. Yeah, but he can create, and we saw at the end of that LSU, I mean that uh, UCLA game in the tournament, in the Sweet Sixteen, they almost came back and won that game. Yeah. Uh, or no, no, it wasn't the UCLA game. It was uh, who were they playing? They were playing uh, North Carolina. I think it was North Carolina where they almost came back and won, and because Monk created two shots at the, you know, he created his own shot there. He got the space, so I do think that that's going to translate. And he is a long player. He's not. He's not. You know, he's six four is not super tall, yeah. but like it's it's enough to play two guard in the NBA, especially if you've got some length on your team like Philly does. Like Philly yeah. plays, you know, especially if they run Simmons the point guard, you know, he's six nine, six ten. You're gonna it's point, a monster. Point a monster. So you've uh, got all, you've got plenty of length there. Well you were going off the, the, the creating your own shots. I mean, he, he I think uh, my I guess my takeaway from Monk is that he needs to he needs to use that athleticism that he has to like get in a lane more consistently like you were saying create more shots for yourself um but yeah. i'm saying like the, the star potential is there absolutely yeah. but i just think you know use your athleticism for real for sure and uh something like phoenix you know if they want to trade up to try to get something to help now and like a ball i, I do think lonzo ball would be fun in phoenix i've seen a lot of people kind of peg him as like a that would be a really ideal fit because of uh have, you know next to devin booker and uh, next to some of you know some of the other guy. guys, they have Love some big guy. guys. Yeah, they have some big guys that are super athletic. It would be fun. Like Phoenix is that type of team. Like that's the that's the team you want to see somebody like Lonzo play for. I and think Phoenix stays. I think Phoenix I think stays put. Too. Yeah, I think they do too. I don't think they love ball enough to move no. up because I mean I really think they're in a great spot because they're gonna somebody even Fox would could fall to them. And yeah. if, if right now they're you know a lot of people are pegging Jason Tatum there. If you let, in my opinion, if you let Jason Tatum, Tatum has the potential to be a multi-time all-star. I think he's got some mellow in his game. He's got that kind of creation, like big bodied. Yeah. Not necessarily. He's not a, he's not a, you know, he's not a, he's not as physical as Durant. He's not like a, you know, he's a, he's a, he's mellow's, mellow's game is, is, is his game. He's a one-on-one player, you know, he's a, he's a developing shooter, but I do think that that's, that's kind of his, uh, my comp, my, that's who I compare him to, and I, if you let him fall with Phoenix's young core, having Tatum under contract and a rookie contract for five, four or five years, like that's a team to watch. It's a scary team to watch. Like they've got studs there in in Phoenix. They're just young and raw, and I 
Man, it, it, I think, I think honestly, nice I think fit. I think five years from now, uh, Jason Tatum is going to be the best player out of the out of this draft class. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, and I, I think if you if, so. if Phoenix takes him before and you stick him next to Devin Booker, it could be a scary offense. Yeah, uh, you know, I think that it's just he he doesn't really have that that great of a, a three point shot. But I mean, hey, it's teachable. Yeah, it's uh, I mean the the shot he. He can shoot it. He's not a high volume guy, but right. I do think that you don't need that much. He can play small ball four too. Like you don't need that much out of him, like initially. But um, just I just realized another player I like there that I do think is going to go lower than he should is Isaac out of uh, Florida State. He's yeah, a, people are going to compare him to Durant and Giannis because of his because of his height and the way he can handle the ball. Think so? But I think again, yeah. People, I think for the Suns, that's another player that can play the three-four for you, that has a lot of potential. Like Tatum, in three or four years, could be the best player out of this draft, um, with with his skill set and his you know his defensive ability. We've seen how much Durant has improved as a defender once they, <laughs> once somebody finally got him to buy into. Like, man, you're seven feet tall and your reach is crazy. Like, just kind of contest shots at the rim, and you're gonna just. People are gonna hate you. Put like, your hand up and you're there. Yeah. yeah, put you. Yeah, literally, you can contest everything. Like he caused so many problems, and he just never really did that that much in Oklahoma City. But I think you can use Isaac in that way. I, I like him mixing in with that Phoenix core. I, I do think that that's something that uh, could see that, that. I just that's why I think Phoenix is in such a great position. Gonna, Phoenix yeah. might have the other outside of the Celtics. Phoenix yeah. might have the best spot in the draft. Right, and I still think. This is the the best like, and this is even better. Like, if if you see go, if you see it go chalk, if you see it go Fultz, Lonzo, and maybe Josh Jackson or Tatum three, mm-hmm. and you don't see and Fox doesn't go in those top three, and no trades have been made, and 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 the Sacramento is still there. Yeah, you a hundred percent leverage that fourth pick to Sacramento for that five and ten or 100%. five or five in their next year's first round or something like that. Or something, you know. I think their next next year's first rounder is, is gone too. But you leverage that to get Fox because that's the you're the last team before them. And if you don't leverage that pick to get Fox, like you're just not utilizing. Like at least see what's there because you're you're going to be able to get your guy regardless because you can tell them that you're going to take Fox all you want, but that's not a fit there. You you don't need Fox there. So I, I think that I think that either they, they do love Kentucky players in Phoenix though. They yeah, got a ton yes, of them. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Ulysses and Booker, all those guys. But I think that that's a that's a good pick to leverage. They're in a solid spot. You know, nobody's talking about them as moving up right now. So I think it's I think they're in a good spot because Sacramento wants their guy. He could be there at five. Uh, I mean, if, I think he goes. If two, I was I think, Sacramento, yeah. yeah. If I was Sacramento, I'm keeping five and ten. Yeah, I, I like, I'm would. not giving up. Yeah, like you, you need those guys. And if you don't, even if you don't get Fox at Fox at five, you know, there's. I think you go either Jonathan Isaac. If, if Fox goes top four, top if Fox goes top four, one of those wing players, Tatum or Jackson or Isaac, is falling to you, and I think you take whichever one's left. Yeah, because at and, that point, at that point, you would be yeah. taking the best available, and right. why not get one of the best player, defensive players mm-hmm. in the draft, and Josh Jackson or right. uh, Jason Tatum that has probably the most upside offensively to be yep. the most all-around player in the in the draft five years from now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, that's but, I agree. I, mean, I agree. 
I agree. Um, like, because you can also get a player, you can get a point guard at 10. Like, you have that pick five spots later. Dennis Smith's on the board. You could have a player like Frank Nicolina. Uh, I, you know, he's an international guy. I don't know a ton about him, but I do know that he's been touted as a uh, as a uh, a potential, uh, you know, really good player, a really good starter in the league. Like, he, he may not set the world on fire, but you don't need that in Sacramento necessarily. You need to compile a good – they've got some really solid young players, especially some solid young big guys and Buddy Heald, who I like. So I like them. I really – if I was, you know, if I was running Sacramento, which I wish I was – um, don't even hustle. right. I don't even hate the. I don't even hate the city. I lived there for a little bit. It was a great, great, great little city. But um, I'll say little. But <laughs> it's uh, right. It's. I think you sit at the five and ten. You use your assets. You you you, you stay fortunate there. And you know, I just don't think they're gonna do it. They're gonna yeah. make a bad decision. They always make a bad decision. Always. But, the only, I mean, I, the only legitimate the only legitimate trade that, that they could do is I think yeah. that they bite they bite on two if they're gonna trade bite on two, yeah. I think so too I think that's the Lakers trade to make it is I think it's uh, I think it would be better for them you, you unload that salary still get the players you want but I think that's what I predict I, I texted Walker a couple weeks ago I said you know I really think Magic is gonna trade out of that slot. He just he's just got this weird confidence about him. I've seen him in some interviews, and I, I really do think that he knows exactly what he's doing. He he carries that kind of uh, intimidation factor, talking to a lot of these guys in the league probably. And you know, even though that seems like some schoolyard high school stuff, where it's like you're you people are nervous talking to you and things like that, it matters. I mean, you you've seen people like Phil Jackson, you know, in his heyday, you know, get make moves that. You, you didn't understand why other teams made them. You've seen GM people like Jerry West orchestrate you know deals with these teams that he's been in charge of, and it's like you know how did this happen? And it's like they people can you can lull it's just like a salesman. You can lull you to sleep with something and really yeah. fleece you in an area. So I, I think that Magic has that kind of aura to him. I like to see what he's going to do there. Um, you know, there's not there's the, the other player. I, I really like Dennis Smith in the top ten. That's a player that might fall to the Kings if they keep that five and ten pick. He's slotted to the Mavs right now at ten at nine. Man, he's I, an ex- no. Go, go ahead, ahead. Go ahead. No, I think he's an exciting guy. I think he's a. People are going to look compare him to Russell Westbrook with the dunks and whatnot, and he's like a little spider monkey. He's just he's just you know busts out of everything. He's just he's just full of energy, but uh. But I, he's another he's another pick I like here in the top ten too. Man, I mean, wherever go, he's gonna fall, I don't even know where he's gonna go. Going off going off that Sacramento five ten. If you let's just say you get your your guy in De'Aaron Fox mm-hmm. at five, you know what do you what do you look for next, right? Uh, I know yeah, that if you do get your point. Yeah, if if you do get your point guard, if you get your guy, what do you you do you go for the the guy that can light it up, solid shooter? I know that um uh they could either go shooter or 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 big guy what do you think about that um i i thought with him i'd go another wing i'd go another wing player uh i might reach uh i mean canard is going to be there i don't necessarily know what he's going to be at the next level if he's just going to be a shooter um i i don't devin booker devin booker i mean if if somehow isaac fell or maybe uh i mean 
I don't know. I don't OG, know, man. See, OG just, Ananobi is another guy who he's projected right now to go outside the top 20. No one's he talking was, about him. Right. He was he was up in the top 10, 12, 15 area most of the offseason. He's yeah. a uber-athletic guy. Had some injuries his senior year. But he's a guy that I, I still think has top 10, top 15 potential. Yeah. And if you've got – like in my opinion, Sacramento doesn't need to draft any more young big guys right now. They've got a kind of a – a clog of those right now. They've got some really talent there that they need to get on the floor and stay on the floor. I think they should go. I think they should take a chance in an athletic wing. Those are the guys that they may not show you all the tools at the college level, you know, with the level of coaching they've had. But I do think those are the ones like if you believe in your staff, if you believe in your scouting, you know, take a chance on these guys. Those are the ones that end up, you know, five years down the road. You're looking at them, and wow, this is a, this is Jimmy Butler. He's an All Star now, and he was the last pick in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, they, they just took a chance on him. And so I, I I like a pick like Ananobi there at ten. Yeah. I mean, that may be a little high, but man, I think they I think they go firepower. Honestly, uh, like you were saying, that athletic wing. I think they I just think they need to get somebody that that shoots the ball and can shoot it from long range. Uh, I know that uh, the CBS Sports mock draft, they have Luke Kennard going off the board at number 10. Uh, and if you just look at some of his stats, I mean, he 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 averaged 20, shot 44% from three. I mean, that's that's playing some big-time some big time basketball in a very competitive ACC. Um, yeah. But I, I, just, I just think if you get your guy De'Aaron Fox, you go firepower because, like you were saying, you you got you got enough people at the at the four or five right now that you don't really need to to focus on that I would say. Yeah, I like Scal there. He came on at the end of the season and Bissier yeah. uh, from Kentucky. He's he's really got some some flash. I, I like his. I want I want him to be on the floor. I want him to be up there with Willie Cauley Stein. I want them to see what you got. Yeah, that's the Kings are a fun team in my opinion. They got a lot of talent there. Um, there's I'm not gonna a, lie. I love Willie Cauley Stein, man. That's my guy. Yeah, that's my guy. He's, he's a flashy guy. He needs, guy. To, he's he a needs flashy to, guy. He needs to carve out his role, man. <laughs> he needs to. He needs to carve out that role. Um, you know, as that defensive guy, like running the floor. I think he really, you know, could be like a Tristan Thompson type. Um, Own it. You know, Own it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, I, I I like the Mavs here at number nine. They're they're in an interesting position. You know, they've been a perennial playoff team. They had a down year last year. You know, still were fighting for that eighth spot, but ended up kind of falling at the end of the year. Um, probably have Dirk back for maybe one more year. They, they're, you know, they're, they're one of those teams where them having a top 10 pick is really, really valuable because they're probably going to be back in the postseason next year or the year after. So, you know, they have a great, one of the best coaches in the NBA. So this is a pick that is really important to me. Like really important to them, you know. They Dennis Smith is slotted there in one mock. You know, you've got Zach Collins and Nicolina there. I think it's really going to be important for them to to choose the right guy. Um, I think Smith's the guy to go with if he's there. I do think you go with a point guard. If he's not, I mean, I I think point guard point guard's the move yeah. here. Just just because uh, with Dirk leaving, you need somebody who can run your offense. You know. Yeah. Uh, I, and I, and I think, man, should should you trade up in the draft to get a De'Aaron Fox? Should you trade up and and get another point guard? Uh, like I was saying, like this is why you're gonna have so many point guards come off the board in the first ten or twelve picks because uh, L.A. at two could could go PG, uh, Sacramento at five could go PG. 
Um, you know, Orlando at six, Dallas at nine. I mean, it's just it's going to be a crazy a crazy mm-hmm. draft for point guards, and and I and I see that that being the fit here because. Uh, yeah. You just really need somebody to lead your offense and, and, and to, to be the guy when Dirk leaves. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh that's a, that's a, you're right. There could that's why we might see a lot of trades. It's just, you know, everybody wanting to get their hands on one of those top four guys, top four uh top four point guards. Um if Dallas was able to trade up, I don't know what they'd be able to package, but that would be interesting for them to get a guy like Fox. Uh, you know, that would be somebody that could come in. I mean, they're a playoff team. You know, if they as long as they don't give up one of their uh, one of their main players, one of the main rotation players for that, I think that could work out. Um, you know, other names out here in the top top fifteen, top twenty that I like. There's a lot of big guys. You look here uh, through like you know fourteen to twenty. There's like four to five centers projected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have Harry Giles who's who's popping up. He's been st- steadily moving up the board. You know, he was a a former number one overall. Uh, coming out of high school uh, yeah. knee injuries barely played at duke you know kind of tumultuous season there uh he's a fan go ahead go ahead no i i don't i think top 20 is too high i was loving the fact when he was projected to go late first round early yeah. second yeah, i thought yeah. that was an absolute steal but they have him here going to the pacers or in the top top 20 like i think that's a little too high Man, I just I just think that you don't really know what you get in Harry Giles at this point because yeah. if you I mean just going off the Duke reference I mean you knew what you were getting with Kyrie Irving when he played nine games at Duke but with Harry Giles I just don't think we've seen enough to uh, to be able to kind of see where he really fits does he go into the first early second is he a top twenty player I think you can gamble on him being in the top uh, in, in the twenties uh, even even in the late teens. To be honest with you, because uh, I think that he reminds you more of a what like a Chris Webber type player. Mm-hmm. So I just think that that once teams actually get him in, get him in a workout, um, that they'll start to you know peel back the onion, if you if you will, yeah. on on more of his talent and, and where he has uh, where he's at coming off that injury. Yeah, he's uh he's gonna be uh, like I said, I liked him more as a late pick. He's got the talent to be up here. We'll see what works out. I, I really liked him. You know, the Blazers have three first-round picks, and I really liked for them to use one of them on him, um, you know, to pair with those guards they have. But um, there's a lot. There's like three or four centers here. You know, that people teams fall in love with long, athletic big men. It's uh, it's hard to find, you know, a lot of – that. They're, they're probably the most common bust pick out of, you know, the top, you know, in the, in the lottery's history. But um, – You've got some. You got some decent names here. Bam uh, Adebayo out of uh, out of Kentucky. He was also projected to go late first, early second. You know, not a couple weeks ago. Um, they have him going top twenty now. It shows you after these teams get these players in for those individual workouts, they fall in love with those athletic big guys. Like they can't, they can't help themselves. They're like they're they're all over these guys. Like oh, you can't shoot free throws and you can jump high. I want to draft you top twenty. Let's all go. All right, thanks, thanks DeAndre Jordan. Thanks, DeAndre Jordan. They yeah. love it. They love that stuff. And I mean, they are there are a place for them. I do think those, you know, Bam and Giles are, are both both uh, talented enough to go top twenty. I just don't know if they fit fit those teams enough. But maybe you don't draft on fit. Maybe you just go, you know, with a the best available player there. I mean, you know, a player if if OG still on the board, I like him in that range with a you know with Portland's 
picks, you know, Milwaukee is at 17, and if OG is still on the board there, I mean, adding that defensive perimeter defense and potential to break out to all the length they already have, that's so crazy to me. That's nuts. That's nuts. You're there. That's the team that is going to be challenging in the next couple of years, you know, with their young talent. And you add another, you know, top 10 talent guy to that team that is, in, a, is I, in my opinion, going to be able to come into the league and defend right now. If he needs to work on his jump shot, fine. Like, you, you go to a team like Milwaukee, you're going to be able to do that. They have – they've built a core there. They've built solid players around him. He's going to be able to slide in at the two or the three, maybe even off the bench and immediately defend at a high level. And, uh, you know, that's that's just another deadly another deadly uh, weapon for them. He, well, I mean, I think, I think the going off of Nobi, uh, he, he's just the guy that – that you could go the six eight wing that goes and can guard multiple positions. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think that's his draw. I think that if he if he didn't get hurt, I mean, what he he's lottery talent, man. He's yeah, he's a top ten pick. I mean, I I completely agree yeah. with you just said about Anobi. Yeah, he's definitely uh, definitely a lottery pick if he doesn't have that shoulder issue. I think it's a shoulder. Um, he's definitely a lottery pick. Uh, you know, there's some other like just some other names here like a lot like Utah. Utah kept their, you know, they have the 24th pick. I believe they have two picks here. They have two first-rounders. They, the, they have the Warriors pick number 30. I think they're in the industry, but, you know, you have, I think Gordon Hayward, in my opinion, I think Gordon Hayward's going to re-sign there. I really do. I think that's the best place for him. You know, he's a simple guy. He, uh, he's not uh, too much of a, you know, not worried about the off-court scene, you know, what city he's living in to chase, like, a bigger, bigger market. I think you stick there. I think that's the best place, the the best environment to win. You have two late first round picks in a loaded draft. I think you could really well, see as the Jazz. You don't need, you don't nece- you don't need somebody to come in and start for you. Yeah, you need these role players and being able to since you're going to be paying so much for Gordon Hayward, you might you might resign George Hill. You know Rudy Gobert is going to be a free agent in a couple of years. You're going to need money available for this core that you have. You these players at twenty four and thirty, while they're afterthoughts right now, and why a lot of people may not be focusing on them, these are players that are going to be on. They're going to be making less than five million dollars over the next four to five years each year. Yeah, yeah, that is so important. Like, that's your value. These, that's your value. These Draymond are Draymond Green, right? These as are much be, as we don't like to say, oh, Draymond Green <laughs> yeah. is uh, a guy that we yeah. love to play against. That's a guy that you love to have on your team. He's a workhorse. Mm-hmm. He's the guy in the locker room that is getting everybody fired up, and you and those are just the intangibles that you can't coach. Like that's yeah, that's just what gets kind of overlooked, I yeah. guess, in 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 the late half, of the first. Yeah, like exactly. There's there's guys that are not going to be starters. Um, you know, they have the potential to be like they have, you know, a guy out of a that went. I think he played in Australia, maybe. Uh, Terrence Ferguson. He was supposed to go to Arizona this year. Would have been a great player on their team. But he's a wing. He's a he's a long guy. Um, he's a two or a three. He's a, he can shoot. He's athletic, and and you know he's a player that they have slotted there. There's some some other athletic big guys, and you know Ivan Rab. Um, there's a couple of uh, Jawan Evans is another point guard they could look at. You know I think that's my opinion. And, and, and Jawan he's not been really Evans has not been really talked about, but he actually was like the top like statistically was the one of the top point guards in college basketball last year, playing at Oklahoma State. They had the top offense in the NCAA. And he's a player that a lot of uh, kind of basketball nerds per se have really slotted as 
could possibly have the best rookie season or the best career out of the point guards in this draft, even though he's not the biggest name. He's really solid, and he's going to be available at the end of the first round. I think that's somebody you look at it for, for Utah. I think it's just too, it's too important because you have Exum there. If you, if, you, if you do or don't re-sign George Hill, you need some depth at point guard. Yeah. I think you do look at Evans, who you know played two years in college. He's ready to come in and, and play in an NBA offense. I think that's somebody you look at. Um, they're in a good position. I like teams like that that are competitive. You know, they make the playoffs. Uh, they have multiple first-round picks that they can. That's the thing. Like I said, you know, they're going to store those picks, and they're going to be so valuable when you're trying to maneuver around uh, the salary cap, um, which has become you know the biggest hurdle for you know the biggest enemy for most a lot of teams in the league. So. You know, a team like uh, Utah set up to set up to be uh, pretty competitive over the next few years with that. What do you, what uh, I think what intrigues me uh, coming right off into this second round is uh, you you have uh, the magic mm-hmm. two picks in the top five, five or six mm-hmm. picks in the in the second round, but also creeping in again you have the Sacramento Kings. So it's <laughs> I, I I think that it's just going to be a uh, after you get, let's just say, a De'Aaron Fox and a Luke Kennard or or, or a shooter um, with with the five ten, I guess what do you, you go big man? I, they have uh, they have Jordan Bell, uh, the the the, uh, the four out of Oregon, mm. just the super super athletic shot four. Blocker. Yeah, he's just a shot blocker, and like you were saying, it's just the guys that can run the floor. And mm. I think that I think that the Kings are just in a spot to be really really good going into next season i agree uh that's uh that's a guy they could look into uh he's uh you know yeah him, but you know, i mean him being down there that late is a is a value in itself this is the the you know i was talking about this today with some people the 35 to 50 range the pick 35 to pick 50 so 15 picks you'll you as you see the player slotted there there's some there's some, you know, junior, senior, junior, senior, late, so, you know, third year, sophomore players. That's where they are slotted. These guys that were very successful in college, but they're 21, 22 years old. And, and people just don't like people fall in love. They, they, they are too hard on these guys for staying in school and, and drafting so young. This is that area that I want the Grizzlies to get in the get in the draft. You know, call me bias, if you will. This is really where the, the area of the draft that I want them to try to make a, you know, uh, I guess a move into. Because there's players like Caleb Swanigan, Josh Hart, you know, Thomas Bryant, Jordan Bell, like you said, you know, Sindarius Thornwell, Frank Mason. Tyler, Sin- yeah. I mean, going back on Sindarius Thornwell, man, he yeah. he's, a, he's a four-year guy that had the best year of his, yeah. of his college career coming off. Uh, and, and he, I mean, he's going to be an exciting – exciting pro to watch while he's going to come off in the late second or mid to late second. I mean, he's just going to, that those are the guys that make your team because you don't always get the De'Aaron Foxes, the Lonzo balls, the, the Markel Fultz's of the world. I mean, this is reality in basketball. Right, right. I mean, honestly, right now, I'd take Frank Mason over Andrew Harrison without a doubt. <laughs> like, yes. Like, oh, absolutely. Please put him on my, I would have taken him in the playoffs over, Andrew Harrison, um, that's another player that I think, you know, he's he, – Frank Mason's not good enough to go in the top 15 or top 20 in the first round. He's he's twenty. He's almost 24. He's 23 and a half years old. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to be, you know, almost 24 next season. Like, 
he he doesn't have the upside there, but he's going to come in and play. He's going to be your second unit point guard. He's going to hit shots. He's going to be tough. He's going to be like an Isaiah Thomas. Like that's yes. a guy that you. I mean, stature aside, he's going to be a player like that that go that's going to be an impact player. And that, there's just so many. Like I, I, I salivate looking at these picks. Like even all the way down to sixty, there's so many guys that were big contributors in college. And that's what you get the guy, like you said, a guy you mentioned, Jared Draymond Green, three or I think he was a four-year college player. And it's like people just kind of passed over him because he was like 22, 23. These are the like for playoff teams, this yeah. is what you want. This is who you want. Like with a with a mediocre, you know, with a first a second round pick that's gonna be, you know, not even making a million dollars a year. Like it's so much value. It's it's insane. Like that's why I do think that the Grizzlies have a trade that they're going to get in. I do think. Uh, you think they're going to jump at it? I, I do think. I think there's going to be a way. They have four first round picks next year. I know. I know. I mean, four second round picks. Excuse me. He's four bad. Picks next year. They're, they're going to, in my opinion, you package one to two of those in, into one of these teams like you know the Knicks or the, the Sixers who have a ton of picks as well, and you say, hey, you know, you 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 throw in a salary, you throw in some future seconds or something, you get in there and you take a player. You know, I, in my opinion, you go after a wing, um, but I think there's just some really potential good, some really potentially good role player slash bench players in this draft. I can't believe Caleb Swanigan's projected to go fifth to fortieth. To me, that's just man. If I mean, you're talking, you're, you're just talking about like lower lower second round. I mean, you got a guy, that, Kobe Simmons. Uh, yeah, I like him. <laughs> they get the guy, the point guard out of Arizona. I mean, he he was at one point in time a top thirty recruit. I mean, this is this is your bread and butter right here. Another guy going coming off the late the late second. Nigel Hayes, when he uh, was playing with Frank Kaminsky and Sam Decker, he uh, had an, an amazing year. I mean, I know that he didn't have a great season once they both left, but you pair that guy off the bench with some some really good players. I mean, the sky's the limit. Right. I, I did like uh, Simmons. He. He was a really good high school player that um, a lot of people thought he was going to go back to Arizona because he didn't have a crazy good year, but he, you know, he's he's ready to play. He's ready Bet to on play. Yourself. Yeah, but I mean, go make some money, young buck. Go do it. Like, get you get you get paid. I, I love it. And you know, I really like I really like Thornwell. Uh, you know, not not no SEC bias here, but I do think that he's going to come in and he's going to defend, and he's going to be able to get you hit hit an open three. And that's what you – I mean, if you get a player like that – I mean, the guy averaged, you know, 21-7-3 and three in playing in a competitive basketball – like playing, you know, in college. Like he took his team to the Final Four. Like that's a player that's going to get minutes for you. Like he's going to be on your second unit. Hit a three and defend. Like yeah. that's so valuable. It's, it's crazy. You know, he's going to be he's, – he's a big-bodied guy. He's got a 6'10 wingspan. He's, you know, slightly – under this under uh, average height for a three, but he's big enough to do. And he's like a Marcus Smart. Like Marcus yeah. Smart's a small for a point guard as far he's as height stomp. goes, but he plays. You know, he guards fours. He guards yeah. everybody. He guards LeBron James. Like, but he's like, got the mentality. Like going off Marcus Smart, he's got the mentality of mm-hmm. there's no person that I can't guard. Exactly. Uh, but I mean, that, that's the, if if we're talking about exciting mm-hmm. picks in the second round. Thornwell is a guy you gotta you gotta watch for because he's single handedly the reason they went to the Final Four this year. Super strong guy, Marcus Smart. The Marcus Smart uh, comparison is definitely dead on right there. Yeah, I think that's why you know a lot of people tune out after the first ten or fifteen picks. But 
I'm always super interested because you also see, you know, you have a lot of these, uh, you know, uh, upperclassmen in here, these juniors, seniors, sophomores that are, like we talked about earlier, that are slotted to go in the second round because teams just value that young age, which I understand so much. But you also something that in the past couple of years I've noticed just from paying close attention, a lot of teams use those second-round picks, teams like Boston that have multiple ones, to do draft and stash or to draft European players that they're not yeah. going to use in the next year or two. And so then you have players like Thornwell and Dwayne Bacon and, and, and Williams Goss and, you know, and Kobe Simmons. They're free agents. Yeah. So the, when those two flex positions that are going to be NBA G League, Gatorade League, slash uh, you know, <laughs> roster guys that are going to go hybrid back and forth, yeah, that's so important. I, I I want the I want the Grizzlies to use those so wisely, and so many other teams they're going to be so valuable. Um, those second round picks are going to be so valuable, especially free agency too. So there's there's a lot of guys in that late second that that I really think have potential. Um, you know, I'll like to see those guys, those seniors, get drafted. You know, they're you know get paid, go out there, get paid. You know, get you get you uh, play four or five years in the league. Uh, I, I love seeing those guys, uh, you know, their dreams come true. So it's going well, to be an exciting draft. Yeah, and that's, I mean, and that's the guys that, the chips on their shoulders, those are the guys that are going to go out there and give it their all, you yeah. know. It's just, it's just, they have something to prove and they're going to, they're going to do whatever it takes. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. feast or famine. Right. When, when the chips are down, that's when you see these, these late seconds and these free agents that don't get picked up. That's when you see, uh, the summer, that's why the summer league is so in, incredible and not many people, you know, tune into the summer league and it's, yeah. it's great basketball, great basketball. No, oh, yeah. I can't wait to, to watch some of that. You know, I want to make the trip down, but, um, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, young guys here that I think are going to make an impact. This is one of the deeper drafts in the past few years. Uh, I, I do, I do think that, um, you will see a, a smaller number of those draft and stash just because, you, you want to get some contributors. You want to get those small salary guys that are that are uh, you're going to have the rights to for you know three or four years. So, um, but you know there's uh, we got about a week until the draft. Uh, may try to reconvene and chat a little more if more news comes out or do a post draft coverage. But um, you know unless uh, unless there's any other points, uh, if you, anything else you want to add, I think it's a you know a good no, place man. to stop. Yeah, I think that. Uh... It's going to be a fun one. I think that uh, LeVar Ball is going to get invited to the draft, and it's going to be, you know, one for the ages, honestly. I don't think he goes number two. Pick um, knowledge bomb of the night. He doesn't go number two. The world still is happening the next day. Yes. He, if he, even if he doesn't get invited, LeVar is getting a ticket. He'll be there. That's oh, happening. he'll be. Oh, there's no way. I don't think there's any way that that Levar Ball is not in that draft room. Not a not a chance. Thursday. It's gonna be fun. I I'd like to see him play somewhere else besides L.A. You know, go to Philly. I don't even hate him in Philly. No, put him in Philly. Man, yeah. I just I think that get off the draft topic. I just want to see Charles Barkley and uh, and Levar go one on one one time. Whoa, basketball. Oh yeah, <laughs> you want him to go one on one basketball? I don't know if we're ready to ready to see oh, that. Oh man, I'm telling you, hey Lavar, he's talking about wanting to play MJ. MJ can't score two points on him. I know Chuck was talking about, hey man, you just bring it in my court and we'll see what's going on. Bro, Michael Jordan would score two points so fast on Lavar Ball. It man, wouldn't I, even. 
<laughs> I, I think that if you tie both hands behind Michael Jordan's back, he could he could go and score two points. Oh, on without ball. yeah, yeah. I mean, Charles Barkley probably too. You t- I mean, honestly, I think I can score two points on Levar Ball. Man, like I, I really do. I mean, I've seen some clips of him. He's he was not a basketball player. From a marketing, <laughs> from a marketing perspective, Levar Ball. I mean, hey, genius, genius, man. If if you can get ESPN to run constant cycles about your five hundred dollar basketball shoes that you, that are not even, you know, yeah anything special to talk about they look like knockoff kobe's they do i mean i mean it's just if you can get espn yeah i was about to say that's some that's the middle of the mall as uh what's his name would say uh Uh, oh shit i can't even think of his name wow mine's going blank but yeah you know who we're talking about Uh, that's the middle of the mall no you got to go with those paul george's i bought those pg ones the other day I gotta send you a picture of them. They're uh, they're grizz colors, dark navy, swoosh, and a little bluish gray uh, leather. Man, they're they're sick. I, I'm not I'm not getting those big baller brands. Hey, you know you know the reason I, I chalk up me not being so great on the court because I got them them old, them OG Derrick Roses. So you know I'm not uh, man. I know, but man. it's it's uh, that's your own mistake. I chalk it up. I chalk it up for that. You know, I tried to. I tried to represent Memphis with with the Derrick Rose shoes, but you know, can't that invite your, me. That was your first mistake. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well. Uh, well, thank y'all for joining us. Me, I appreciate Blake jumping on. It's been fun. Professional insight. Um, I don't know what team you're drafting for this year, but I know they were using you for consulting. So. I just. I try. More of these days is more of a consulting thing, but more we're gonna. Consulting. Yeah. Yeah. Private sector. Private, Private sector. sector. So, way to go. All right, guys. Well, uh, look for some more stuff for us. I'll have this posted by tomorrow uh, before the weekend. So, um, appreciate you coming by. It's the, the No Easy Buckets podcast. In the uh, words of Gary Parrish, be kind, be good, rep your hood. Yes, sir. Uh, powered by Running Back Media. Look, <laughs> look, look, uh, look for it coming. All right, guys. We'll see you. Holla.
what you thought. I come through my back like a rico. Popping no willy, no squilly, can talk to the cop that's illegal. I was like no rich porter, no double crossing on my peoples. I take an M to the table and split it with my niggas. You know, I'm back on that hood shit. Yeah, that was your bullshit. I'm talking that cross you that fed you for quarter like joy, and we back on that bullshit. We came up from nothing, we started all this. Most money, but now it's the fourth list. We really was bullshit. I can't hit this from fast on this bitch.